A reading from Luke 3, 7-9. John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers! Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Well, it's no wonder John the Baptist got himself in so much trouble with the authorities. He's calling out King Herod. The Pharisees walk up to him, and what does he say to them? You brood of vipers. What a phrase. He's really saying, you guys are like the babies of a snake, right? You're a brood of vipers. What is he implying there? That you're the offspring of Satan. I mean, these are the religious leaders of Jerusalem. And they've come out probably in their big hats and fancy clothes to watch what's happening on the Jordan River when he's calling people to the baptism of repentance. And he says, here come the spawn of Satan. They think of themselves likely as the good guys, keeping order and keeping control, keeping religion in society. They're the good guys. And they walk out onto the scene and John says, here comes the bad guys. It's shocking. And then this next phrase, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? That might be a reference to the Jonah story when Jonah's job is to warn the Ninevites of the coming wrath. So he's equating them possibly here with the Ninevites. Everyone would have known these are the enemies of God. Wow. What is he doing? Why is he calling the Pharisees out so starkly? Well, he, you know, the next couple of phrases, he says, you're not bearing fruit in, in keeping with repentance. In other words, you have, you have the, you're missing the most important ingredient to really meet God. That's a repentant heart. What's a repentant heart? It's a humble heart, a heart that says, I have sin in my life. I am fallen. I am weak. I need a savior. I need to turn from my sinful patterns, even if they don't appear scandalous, you know, self-righteousness and all these things. Those are my sins. If I don't return from that, I'll never be part of what Christ is doing. And in John's black and white worldview, you're either part of what Christ is doing or you're a brood of vipers. You're the spawn of Satan. Uh, Just really hard hitting here. And it makes me want to examine my own heart, you know, because to be honest with you, I am a religious leader, just like these guys were, you know, I have a lot to maintain. Um, And I have to ask myself, if John the Baptist met me out there that day, would he see a repentant heart? Or would he see uh, what he saw in the Pharisees? I hope he would see a repentant, heart, a repentant heart, and not have to call me out, but rather just say, "Ah, you're ready for you're ready to meet God today." Uh, this is a a, a um, bigger question. It may not be appropriate for this particular passage, but what, um, but the way I responded to it is. I come from an experience of a church that rejected the the theology of Isaiah, Jeremiah, Elijah, uh, and all the others. Uh, I I think Elijah was a troubler of Israel, according to King Ahab and his uh, wife. Um, But in our own times, uh, the idea of, of... our fallen nature has been replaced by our inherent innocence. Do you run into that at all? 
that th- way you, of thinking. Oh, not, for not sure. St- yeah, yeah, yeah. In our in our community, in our society. Yeah. Yeah, what's fascinating is everyone, yes, they talk about innocence, they talk about, you know, the good of humanity or whatever, and um, and they think of their own hearts as good and pure. But then if you ask them, you know, is there evil out there, they can immediately name usually their political <laughs> enemy. <laughs> right. So it's just, just it, to me, it's just so classic of what Jesus said. Uh, why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye? And you're unaware of the log in your own. That's still very true <clears throat> to this very day. Yeah, I mean, John is is uh, constructing the platform upon which Jesus is going to build his ministry, mm-hmm. and it's very interesting because I, I think we see this in our own time. It's the people. I mean, I I know the priests came out to see him as well, but the, it was the people who felt uh, that their own religious uh, practices were kind of betraying them. And they were somehow separated from the God that loves them. And they, they go through this baptism experience as a way of washing away the sin, uh, literally. Uh, and, of course, figuratively as well. Hmm. But uh, when I first came back to church, uh, I didn't know any better. I, I thought, you know, this whole innocence uh, thing and... I think it's a terrible mistake to go where I went because I thought I was invulnerable because I was good. Right. <laughs> it's a very common fallacy in our own time. Uh, and there is such a thing as innocence, uh, but there's also such a, of, of truth and, and innocence in the, in the sense of, of inherent innocence that the, in the human heart uh, is, uh, is worth a, a study unto itself because if you go back to Genesis, our heart was corrupted by Satan. Mm-hmm. And a few days from now, we're going to see that reenactment with uh, the temptations in the wilderness of Jesus by Satan. Mm-hmm. 